Welcome to episode three of We Watch Loki, the series where we are watching and reviewing Loki for you guys every single week until the show is over. Of course, Loki is the Tom Hiddleston Disney Plus show where he and the creators are taking the Loki character into very different places than he has ever gone before and with some different looks than we've ever seen before. Uh, before we talk about this episode, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. Our main show drops every single Monday where we're talking about the characters you love and all the places you can find them. We're doing news and interviews. And if you want our reviews for the comics, make sure that you guys are tuning in to our review shows. Our image reviews drop every Wednesday and our Marvel, DC, everything else drops every Sunday. So come in for that stuff. Uh, write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you want to chat, or you can leave your comments in the YouTube description or YouTube comment section below. If you're on YouTube, while you're there, subscribe, like this video, share it with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Now, let's jump right into the review. So first of all, I do have to pat myself on the back because I did call that we would be getting uh, female Loki. Uh, in the review that Loki, that Ke- Loki and I, that Kale and I did, that was no, you, just, you, you had it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you I called that, that the first review? I sure did. Wow, look at you, bud. Um, you ever fucking listen to a show we put out? <laughs> Wait, I got, I got. Other, I think if I couldn't be here to record the show, I'm listening back. Get out of here. <laughs> you couldn't predict. You couldn't. You couldn't walk up to this podcast right now and tell me that Sean wasn't right. Huh? It's the Phil joke. You get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course Sean was right. Yeah. In any event, uh, <laughs> I think that that's been a really cool addition. And this is the first episode where we really, really got to play with those two characters uh, and, you know, put them in a weird situation and kind of delve deeper into them. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the dynamic between the two Lokis? Uh, I should say Sylv. That's she's she's going by Sylv. Sylvie. Sylvie, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah, so how are you guys feeling about the relationship between those two characters? I, I really dug it. <clears throat> um, I, I think it, in the last review that we did, I had said how I was really excited to see um, the other side of that conversation, right? Because obviously the end of the last episode, like Loki follows her through the portal. And I was kind of expecting to end up back at, you know, her second base or something like that. I, I was kind of thinking we would have that kind of classic, like almost James Bond-esque, well, you followed me here. Allow me to talk to you about my plan and like let's debate about which one of us is better. And I, I kind of saw it going in a, a different direction. Um, and the fact that this episode actually like really had a lot of movement. There was like a, a lot happened here and you get them in a lot of different scenarios pretty quickly. Um, I felt like it was a really easy way for me to like warm up to that character and like under kind of immediately understand what their dynamic is going to be and you know um, and, and to like already appreciate their rapport. I think it's fine. I I think for me this is probably the episode I like the least. I feel like I really saw through what they were doing in this one. I saw the gears turning a lot more than the previous ones. Um, a lot of like, um, uh, you know, uh, um, 
sort of background TV magic or whatever, you know, the, um, the bit about uh, in the beginning where Sylvie is uh, having drinks with the, the TVA guard who she takes over. And then she explains her powers later so that you're familiar with it. And then all the, the green screen work in this episode was bad. I, I don't agree at all. One bit. One bit. What are you referring to? The purple planet, or oh. whatever. Sure. Uh, oh, and then the uh, the fight, the the various fights and chase scenes there at the end. All right, man. I just I couldn't stand any of that. Interesting. Um, to answer your original question, I I guess they're interesting they're the two characters are interesting because if if you recall in our first episode i i i believe i pointed out that it's really satisfying to watch loki uh be um um what's the word o- overtaken um yes. in a, in an argument um outsmarted yeah um i'm i'm <laughs> i'm sort of back back to that but the other way so we're dealing with two Lokis now and we have to watch them both outsmart each other yeah and it's really annoying oh I actually really enjoyed their kind of like cat and mouse dynamic where she's trying to invade his mind and he's trying to avoid that and he's playing his own game trying to learn more about her I I don't know I thought it was interesting yeah I'm with you Sean I, I totally appreciated that um, I think for a couple reasons, I think like for starters, we haven't really experienced any dynamics like this in the MCU. Like this is, you know, two characters who are kind of forced to work together based on their circumstances. And, you know, um, I guess on some level, that's like the way that the guardians get together. Right. Um, and like, I guess to a much lesser extent, the Avengers, but like, this is different, you know, it's like, he's a villain. Yeah. And like they're characters who are like. We know that they both have agendas that don't match up. Like, we know that they... Like, there's no reason for them to get along other than the fact that they're the same person. You know? And, like, that that is... En- like, it being Loki, that's enough of a reason for them to not get along. <laughs> so, yeah, I think for me, um, I'm really enjoying the back and forth and also just kind of the, um, the pace... Of the dialogue I appreciated. Like something I realized in this episode was that this is the first time you've had two characters um who are like who who don't speak like they're from America. Um, who have like spent an extended amount of time together like this, like where like they're sitting like quipping going back and forth off of each other, like it has a bit of a different rhythm to it, because like they're both very dry and they're both like, you know witty and you know very like up their own ass and go ahead go it's funny the um oh now you got me saying that the the review i saw for this episode it was the first thing i saw this morning was if i wanted to watch two british people chase each other through a desert and argue i would have watched an episode of doctor who and that's what no, but see, this like is good me. though. It has better production values. It's better My acted. Man, have you seen Doctor Who? This way better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Doctor <laughs> Who is way better. No, no, it's not. I've watched it enough is. Doctor Who. No, it is. 
Doctor Who is maybe and the sets. The sets are better. The acting is. Better. Oh my god! No, they're not. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Kale. These episodes have multi-million-dollar budgets. Can we not they agree? They still look like shit. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, my friend tried to get me to watch Doctor Who one time, and to be fair, it was earlier episodes, and they were so ridiculously bad. They I were watched, bad looking. I watched two and a half seasons of it, and I watched the seasons that everyone says are the best seasons, and it's not a good show. What's the best season of Doctor Who? It's the one that everybody likes 10, the 10th Doctor. That's David Tennant. My man, you're talking 10 years ago. Okay. That was 10 years ago? So what So uh, what, what would you recommend, Kill? Because I actually would genuinely like to give it another chance. Because I know what I watched wasn't good. I would start with uh, 11, which is Matt Smith. That was um, the one that lost me. <laughs> season, oh God, 6 maybe? Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. The 11th Doctor. Yeah. So... To spin off Doctor Who, uh, I thought that Loki. The, um, I I thought that the relationship between Loki and Sylvie was interesting. I really think that um, uh, Sophia DiMartino is doing a great job of portraying uh, this character. I would almost like I really hope we get to see more of the backstory because. I wonder what she's been through. Like, what what are her problems? What what has she encountered and experienced? Um, you know, we know the backstory of this Loki pretty much all the way through. I'm interested in other Lokis. And I I would love it if she kind of sticks around after this show. That's I don't what, think she will, but... I, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I could kind of see it going both ways because I was thinking about this after I watched the episode today. I was kind of trying to, like, now that we're halfway through... Um, figure out where I think things are going and <clears throat> I kind of you know because obviously you know Sean you laid this out a while ago right the theory that Kang the Conqueror would be our next big bad right we know that he's showing up at some capacity uh in the Ant-Man the next Ant-Man and the Wasp film uh we know that you know Wanda and Doctor Strange are going to be dealing with like you know some multiversal some timeline stuff um I'm I'm wondering if the conclusion of this story isn't um, the destruction of the TVA and uh, a broadening of the timelines, you know, like where you'll see a bunch of these timelines, you know, get redlined or whatever. And that, you know, um, <clears throat> they explained it to us is that once it hits that point, it can't be affected anymore. And it's the end of time as we know it. Right. And my interpretation of that is that that's not the end of time. It's not the end of anything. It's the end of time as we know it, as being a singular, you know, maintained timeline being controlled by the TVA. And especially with the revelation that all of the agents are actually variants, um, I imagine that, you know, they're going to return, blow everything up. And I think there's a pretty good chance that, you know, at least one, perhaps both of them, slip back into the multiverse and, you know, keep on rolling. This very much reminds me of the Pleasant Hill storyline that Marvel did about five years ago in which they captured a bunch of the villains and reconfigured their memories uh, and trapped them in this little town. Um, WandaVision reminded me of that as well. Mm. These... 
people, these variants, it seems as if they've had their 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 memories reconfigured. And like you're saying, once they learn that 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 what they think is true is not true, that's going to be a big problem. And it seems as if the two Lokis are going to kind of um, use this knowledge to free them in an effort to overthrow the TVA, which is fine. It makes me feel like the end game for this whole uh, phase or the next set of phases is Secret Wars. Because Secret Wars is what happens in Marvel when you take all these different, well, at least the most recent Secret Wars, not the original. Sure. But Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars is what happens when all the different multiverses crash into each other and just the disparate pieces get melded into one, um, which obviously wasn't referring to the timeline in a direct way, but it was referring to the multiverse. So I could see how that could happen. Um, and with the inclusion of Dr. Doom and all these different characters that they have access to, including Kang, I definitely feel like, uh, like that could be where they're going. And it's the only movie that the Russo brothers will come back for. So <laughs> have they said that? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's fucking party. Uh, something I also thought was interesting was, so obviously Sylvie, right, um, we we kind of have a conversation with her where Loki calls her Loki and then she's like, I'm not Loki anymore. I'm Sylvie now. Um, and we had the kind of, a, you know, a, a very, very brief confirmation of, uh, of Loki's bisexuality there and everything. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about something we talked about last time where it's like in the comics, you know, there has been this thing of Loki, you know, being gender fluid, changing genders at, at different times uh, for different reasons. And then Kale you know, throughout um, the thought that you didn't think that we were going to be dealing with any of that and that it was just an alternate universe version of Loki. And then when we got the, you know, reveal that she goes by Sylvie, you know, that reminded me of um, the, uh, I guess, I guess she just called Enchantress, but the the young Enchantress, who's like not a villain, um, whose name is Sylvie. And if you go and take a look at her um, her Marvel fandom, there's actually they talk about how in uh, the Young Avengers storyline that she gets involved in, Loki talks about he explains her existence and he says that uh, and this is what it says on the page. He liked the idea of creating a mortal that suspects she's one of the Asgardians, so it's assumed that she was never in fact alive until she was created by Loki. Her entire existence and memories, perhaps, being a part of this. So I wanted to bring that up because, A, I thought that was just interesting, right? Like, there's obviously the comics counterpart for that character. But she also said specifically, like, don't call me Loki, right? And I'm wondering, is this an alternate Loki? Is this potentially some, like, is it going to maybe connect back to that where she was created by another Loki or something like that? I wonder. I'm wondering if, because he even has seemed skeptical multiple times of whether or not she's actually a Loki I wouldn't do this. Why are you doing that? I'm wondering if there's more to that. I think it, I think it could, it could go either way because uh, it could be that it could be that the old Loki kill had brought up the theory that there was going to be an old Loki that would that was the mastermind on the first episode, and it could be that that's exactly what happened. That this older Loki created this Sylvie version as like an agent of chaos or whatever. 
um, to disrupt stuff because she's clearly been doing that. That's her whole MO for years. Um, right. But yeah, but for her own devices, or at least she thinks it's for her own devices. And so it'd be really interesting if Loki, who is essentially the master of puppets is actually being puppet mastered by another Loki. Uh, so that would be cool. But you could also make the argument that she's been through so much in her life that she has abandoned the moniker of Loki because it doesn't represent her anymore. So it could go either way. Um, I think that what you what you're laying out is very interesting, and I could easily see that being how they play this out um, because I highly doubt that these are the only two versions of Loki we're going to see. Yeah, I I hope that's the case anyway. When they teased all those other versions of Loki earlier on, um, I was really hoping we'd get some cameos from them at the very least. You know, um, I don't know that I need multiple other Lokis as main characters, but it would be cool if there was like a moment where the TVA is like breaking down and all these different Lokis are just like kind of running through fucking shit up. I could I could definitely see that um, being a good time. So I really. I really enjoyed, again, seeing uh, Sylvie and Loki off and doing their own things. Uh, I will say that this show feels less... It, it, it feels less like a Marvel show to me than Falcon Winter Soldier or WandaVision did. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm definitely into it. But there's something about it that... I'm not sure what I'm watching all the time. I, it's funny because I get that, but I think that's why I like it. Like it's such a different flavor. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised by some of the negativity around it because I feel like the things that I'm liking about it that it's doing different are like so different than what we normally get. Um, from the MCU and I think that's why I'm digging it is because I had an idea of what a Loki show would be like and this isn't that and I'm I'm appreciative of that fact um, it has such a different pace and tone and style um, like I like how much of it is conversations I like how much of it is just like interesting dialogue um, and listening to characters who are intelligent have a conversation um, those are things like I feel like we don't always have a lot of time for in the films and like we expressed that was a fun thing about WandaVision that like it was just doing things and taking time to do things that you know the MCU has just never really had the opportunity to do before and while you did get some of that in Falcon Winter Soldier I think like it's safe to say that Falcon Winter Soldier feels the most like something from the MCU of these three shows um, I think for better and worse. I don't know because Falcon Winter Soldier was extremely conversational. Like we really got in depth with all those characters yeah, and it also true. made time for big action pieces and drama and everything else. I think it was two episodes longer than Loki's going to be. Mm-hmm. It was uh, eight total. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, to me, Falcon Winter Soldier was the total package. Loki's not over yet. So the jury's not out and I certainly enjoy it. Um, the TVA is very interesting and it gives me, it's a lot of what I like. Like it's a, it's an organization that's not what it seems like it is. Uh, there's more than meets the eye there. I've read a lot of theories that the TVA is fake um, completely. 
and I, I really whether I don't agree with that, but I appreciate the theories anyways, um, yeah. that the timekeepers aren't real, uh, which that could actually end up being true. I'm uh, pretty that, sure they're not. Yeah, that they're like a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Yeah, I could see that. But they certainly are are extremely powerful. And that's what makes me not believe that theory, because the fact that they have these items that they can use to travel through time, that's heavy stuff and like blink motherfuckers out of existence that's yeah. crazy too <laughs> there has to be some element of that yeah. that's real whether or not the timekeepers themselves are real yeah yeah um, i totally agree with you like i'm the power structure that has established it is clearly very real i'm just not sure it's actually like the timekeepers are magic lizards or whatever right like i'm wondering if it's not somebody else orchestrating the whole thing my theory behind the scenes has been that it's Kang. See, that's I was talking about that with Sarah earlier, uh, my fiance, and I, I was thinking that I'm like, I'm wondering if it is Kang or if. I, so my f- question is, are the timekeepers Kang or an a- or agents of Kang or something like that? Or is the destruction of the TVA going to be the thing that allows Kang to exist? Because I think that's the other way it could go. Where that right now, the prime timeline is being maintained by somebody, right? Whoever is the one who's established the TVA, whether that's the timekeepers or somebody else. Uh, and that the breakdown of that is going to cause reality to splinter and, and like make all these alternate timelines, you know, concrete. And that because of that, because there's no longer a prime timeline, the many versions of Kang that we know to exist all come to pass. And that's maybe, you know, what's going on. Or I'm wondering if it's Kang trying to secure a primary timeline because that's the timeline where he inevitably wins and takes over everything. Yeah, so the thing with Kang, right, is that all his all his versions exist within the same... I'm pretty sure this is correct. Exist within the same timeline. They're all 616 Marvel, for lack of a better But there's different... Term. It's just that- he takes himself to these different places and is and is different in each one of them. Okay, because I was going to say, he has multiple origins as the thing, right? Like, there's a version of him where it's like Iron Lad becomes him. There's another version where it's a couple, yeah, like a, a couple different characters, right? It, it all starts from the Kang from the future who mm-hmm. sends himself back in time. Got it. And okay. that's so, what... So, you know? in your example, it's that... It's not that Iron Lad becomes him. It's that he becomes Iron Lad... He he becomes Iron Lad, who becomes Kang. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, nuts. but I think either way, right? No, no matter what way you slice that time pie, I could see that being how this spins out. Right? That the TVA has, you know, whether consciously or unconsciously, been preventing Kang, and then now he'll be able to come back in time and and set things in motion because there's no one to stop the anomaly. Maybe so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where they go with it. Uh, go ahead. Have you guys heard the, the theory that it's the, uh, there, the TVA exists in the quantum realm. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. I heard that too. I, that, that one doesn't really vibe with me cause we've seen the quantum realm. It, yeah, it's sort of, um, it, the, the, their explanation is that time, uh, moves differently in the quantum realm and then in one random shot of something 
it may be Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, behind Michelle Pfeiffer or something. There's a, a city, and that's supposed to be the TVA. Oh. Um, which, I don't know, There, there's some definition of quantum that relates to time. I couldn't tell you sure anything yeah. about that, yeah. but right, you know, and, yeah, that was how they did time travel in in Endgame and everything. It was with with the quantum realm. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, I I think that's a broad, like a broader theory. There, there was also this fine. There was also the thing where um, uh, Mobius, uh, they, he asks him how long he's been here, and he goes, "I don't know. Time works differently here." Yeah, yeah, could just be a red herring, but I could see why people would draw that parallel. Well, and if we're going to take that all the way, uh, the first appearance, allegedly, of Kang will be in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is called Quantumania. Precisely. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. I feel like there's got to be some connective tissue, whether it's that simple of a one-to-one remains to be seen, but probably isn't. But I, I think that you're on to something there. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the episode at hand. Uh so we got the scene with Loki and Sylvie on uh, the the planet, uh, Lamentia. And I, I, really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I like Loki trying to play on that woman's sentiment. The husband? Like, yeah, be the husband. And she just blasts him. She's like, he was never yeah. that nice. I loved that, yeah. I thought that was really funny. Um and I was a little confused. I, I, I'm not sure why, but I was a little confused about the way the episode ended. First of all, regardless of my confusion, I thought it was extremely, it felt like a train stop, like an abrupt train yeah, stop. It was abrupt, yeah. Um, that I didn't appreciate. And this episode was truncated. It was only 42 minutes plus credits. So that's real short. Really? Uh, yeah. I was huh. really surprised when the episode ended. I was like, wait a second. I've been watching this for like a half an hour. And I was. Um, so I was confused about what the hell happened. And then I was also shocked by the fact that it ended it all. So I, and I could be wrong, but, uh, what the way I saw it was that, you know, they're obviously like running through that crowd. They're trying to get to the arc, uh, and then the arc blows up. Okay. That's what I, that's how I saw that. So their goal was to prevent the apocalypse and change right. the timeline, right. but they didn't accomplish it. The apocalypse happens anyway. Yeah, we're left. We're left to believe. Right, right. Of course. I mean, like, obviously, I don't think they're going to die on this planet, but <laughs> something's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Seemingly, their path out um, was closed off. Okay. Yeah. Um. There's definitely been a lot of negativity surrounding this show, this episode. Wow, negativity about something that Marvel made? Crazy. <laughs> Because everything they do is so perfect. Yeah, no, because everything they do is so terrible, right? I can flip your dumbass logic back on you. It's the same thing. (laughs) You're the one with the dumbass logic. You said it first. (laughs) This is the only show or the only Marvel property at this point in its runtime that I'm this unsure about. I will say that hmm. I like it. It's not that I dislike it, but the way I felt about Falcon Winter Soldier three episodes in and the way, the way I felt about WandaVision three episodes in is very different than how I feel about this. It's not that it's bad. It's just hmm. so I, it's so different than even those in ways that are 
bad and good that I'm unsure about it. And this is really going to determine, uh, this is really going to be determined by how it ends for me because so far I'm just not sure. Mm. This, this show has a lot uh, of work to do. Yeah. Um, It did from its announcement, even the fact that it was a low key show um, had a lot of work and hills to climb. Um, and so I think with what they're trying to establish and what they're trying to build on top of all that, um, I think, you know, I think it, it's taking some work. And I think, I think the way it's going to have to get there is, you know, these um, contained sort of episodes to explain kind of the bigger picture yeah Um, i don't know if i explained that very well but what you're saying makes perfect sense to me and it's different than wandavision because wandavision was fun whether you knew what was going on or not if you like you know comedies from throughout the year sitcoms and things like that you had something to latch on to the love story between wanda and vision the children blah 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 as the story's unfolding and you're learning what's really going on there are all these things to latch on to i feel like this show is actually secretly more predicated on the mystery than even wandavision was because without the, the the backdrop of the the sitcom stuff you know, and the love story there, what was what were you watching WandaVision for? So right. similarly, I ask, what are we watching Loki for? Uh, you got to really love Loki. And some of the stuff that the show does feels very trite, like uh, the quippiness and that stuff. That's like old hat in Marvel already. And mm-hmm. it's doing that as the thing of the show, right? The thing of the show is Loki and Sylvie talking. But when they talk, they talk like, Marvel characters have always talked on on these uh, in the movies. So it doesn't feel fresh in that respect. Um, And then when they go and do stuff, it's not necessarily as compelling as when other Marvel characters go and do stuff because they're just Loki. So I'm at a weird crossroads with this show. I really, really want to like it. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And that's fine. But I find that I need it to be a little more for me to be truly satisfied. Quickly, before you jump in, Pete, I want to just tack on to what you just said about the the action and the things that the two Lokis do. I'd also point out they're villains. So we – though they're the protagonists of the show, they're villains, so they also have to fail to some degree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't – I don't think either of you are in the minority <clears throat> with your your criticisms. I definitely like seem to see pretty similar sentiment. Um, but yeah, I I just don't I don't feel that way, and like I don't think that um, like like for example, I, I like Loki. Um, I've always liked the character. I've never been over the moon about him. Like he's never been my favorite. You know, like uh, I've I thought he was a fantastic villain, especially. Um, in the early days of, of the MCU where like you had a lot less to compare it to, you know? Um, but I think as we progress and as he's become one of many, many, many characters, um, I've always liked him. Um, and 
you know, that's that's about it. You know, I'm definitely not, uh, I was like, for example, I was the least excited for this show of the three, right? When they were announced um, by quite a bit. Same. But for me, the more we learned about this show, um, the more interested I, I've got, I was in it. And the more I've watched it, the more I've liked it. Um, every episode has left me more excited for the next episode um, than the previous one. And I, I did not feel that way about um, about both uh, of the previous shows. You know, where I, like I was very much in on WandaVision for um, the things that you outlined, Sean, of like, I, I do really like sitcoms, you know, and like the, the, that framing device would have been enough for my to catch my attention. The fact that there were also good performances and also some cool mysteries and stuff um, along the way was kind of like that was what. I think elevated it, it elevated it in my mind beyond its elevator pitch. Whereas with Falcon Winter Soldier, I kind of I that was really a peaks and valleys show for me. There's a lot about it that I really liked and there are some things about it that I really didn't like. And I think the um it it being the most grounded and straightforward of the 3 I think is something that is going to work a lot more for some people and and less for others. And I, I was one of the ones where I think I felt a little bit less on it. Whereas with this show, the fact that um, I think it does have a lot to deal with and it has a lot that it's trying to set up and explore um, makes me more interested in it because, you know, so much of, um, I don't know, so, so many of the things that we've already seen and done in the MCU feel like they're very like there's a bow on it and this era right now while we're exploring multiversal rules and magic and time and all these other things feels so fresh and so fun and so like deep comic book shit that um I'm in it for that you know and like the the questions of like what is the TVA and you know what what is going to be the ram the long-term ramifications of this show whether that means you know Loki's still alive are both Loki's still alive does this open up the door for other variants of characters that we've already met to come through is this going to have connections to the other movies and shows that we know are coming up like all of those things um are really really compelling questions to me right now and I think you know, the dialogue and, and, you know, the quippiness and all those kinds of things that um, that we outlined as being, you know, kind of the hooks of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, that is part of the Marvel style, but I like that. You know, I like the Marvel style. I like that um, the characters are, are quippy and jokey, right? Like, that's part of the appeal, I think. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I I think I went into this show really not knowing what to expect or, or having cautiously optimistic expectations and I feel like I've been uh, rewarded um, for for my investment with it and I know um, this being the halfway point I'm I'm really eager to see what the next three episodes look like and I, I you know I might walk away from it not as hot once um, some of those questions are answered because I think um, I think almost all of us agreed that the the rising stuff on uh, WandaVision was more exciting than the, the resolution, right? So that that same thing could happen here. Um, but I think even if that is the case, I think I'll still walk away uh, being pleasantly surprised because, I don't know, I was expecting the show to be something a lot different than what it is, and I, I like what it is. Fair enough. Uh, 
that's going to do it for our conversation on episode three of Loki. Obviously, there is a divide as far as the quality of the show to this point, but we still got, you know, three episodes left, which, of course, we can't account for how much time that is because this episode was just barely uh, a half an hour and we don't know how they're going to slice things up going forward, but uh, it should be a fun ride regardless. Theoretically speaking, you know, Loki probably has more potential to impact the MCU than Falcon Winter Soldier or WandaVision did. So yeah. um, for me, that was the only reason why I was interested in this show, and it remains that. So we'll see how things go. Um, we will be back next week to share our thoughts about it. If you have thoughts about Loki that you want to share with us, you can certainly write in at the comicspals at gmail.com. While you're thinking about us, make sure that you leave us a follow, a rating, or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If that happens to be YouTube, drop a comment in the comment section below. Subscribe for free so you're made aware of when we drop new content. Share the video with your friends. Hit the notification bell and all that jazz. It's free to do and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Listen to our weekly podcast, The Comics Pals. It drops every single Monday where we're talking about the characters that you love and all the places you can find them. Listen to us discuss the news, do some interviews, and of course, every week we're dropping reviews for your favorite comics, whether they be image books on Wednesdays or Marvel, DC, etc. on Sundays. With that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time. Can you believe this motherfucker said Doctor Who was good? Unbelievable.